Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. OutKick writer Mark Harris with us in 20 minutes. OutKick 360 rolls on. Wednesday edition. 6th and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Old Smoky and Yeehaw up in uh, New York in the big city today meeting with Fox. Got some uh, cool pictures there from the world headquarters. Um, We've got you covered on all of the news and notes across NFL training camps. We mentioned to start the show, it's officially happened. Two passes in the demand in Pittsburgh for Kenny Pickett. So, no interceptions either. Just wobbly, um, underthrown footballs from Mitchell Trubisky. It's reasonable. And so it begins, yes. Um, Matt Corral uh, recently had an interview with the Charlotte Observer. And I, I feel like it was a fairly innocent response that is being blown out of the water a bit. But I'm, I'm eager to get you guys uh, to, to chime in on what he was getting at here. Uh, so, Corral was asked about, hey, what... When's the last time you went through a quarterback competition like this? Like, what, are you prepared to battle with Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold, knowing Scott Fitterer and and management called him, called Corral after they had made the trade for Baker Mayfield to uh, let him know that the plan that what they told him on draft day and that weekend remained the same. Like his, his foothold with the organization and the commitment based on the draft selection remained the same and expected to come in and, and get to work. And, and as you would with any quarterback. But the quote from in response, I thought was extremely honest. Uh, he since has, has texted uh, Kiffin to clarify what he was trying to say. Uh, but he said he took the easy way out by going to Ole Miss to avoid competition because he knew he was going to play immediately. And he regrets that. He regrets not facing more competition at his position during college. Uh, this is a three-year starter at Ole Miss. He played some his freshman year. And uh, a guy that did some really great things within Lane Kiffin's offense. So I don't think he's hating on Kiffin or Ole Miss. He's hating on the fact that he made his selection based on the competition level uh, and in the back of his mind, he knew he was going to start immediately. But in, in a way, that's what every quarterback is doing right now. Yeah, if you're not doing that, you're hitting the portal yeah. right after you lose out in a battle. I, I respect that he admitted that, and I respect that he doesn't like, in hindsight, that he did it that way. But it turned out pretty okay for him. And there's nothing wrong with going into the NFL not having battled for a position. He's not going to win this one this year. So they're expecting him to put up the best fight he can and then assume his place in the order, which is going to be third if they keep their roster as it is. Maybe second if he makes a good showing and they make a move. Um, 
And, you know, ultimately, then next year he's set up to maybe contend, depending on how it goes. Or, you know, maybe the guy's a career backup in the NFL. We don't know. I don't respect it, and here's why. It's incorrect. He had to compete for the job. He threw 20 passes his freshman year. That was it. Was not the starter. He split time his sophomore year with John Reese Plumley throughout the year. They later moved to receiver. Then he started for two years. So he can say that my mindset was I was going somewhere to not compete, but I think it's a slap in the face to Kiffin and Ole Miss to say that he was handed the starting job because, in fact, he was not. He didn't start as a true freshman. Didn't He barely played. He split time as a sophomore. Now, if you know, you're Nico Iamaleava and four years from now you're in the NFL and you want to come out and say, but we know now he goes in and starts right away at Tennessee that, hey, I went somewhere where I was told I was going to start right away. And you want to say that to the NFL media that, you know, having done things differently, I would have gone where I would have been challenged to compete for the starting job or whatever. And I'm not saying that's going to be the case when he gets there. Then I'll buy it as being honest. But to me, he looks pretty dumb because it's not what happened. Well, I didn't realize that. So, I mean, that changes None of those things happened. I mean, bit. maybe he was told that, but that's not what happened when he got to Ole Miss. Well, the now, guy he was competing with was moved to do a different position. So, I mean, that... Well, in year two. But again, he split time with that guy for his second year. He's saying that he went somewhere where I was going to play right away. He did not. He set a year as a freshman and then split time his sophomore year and started his junior and well, senior he, year. He, he he didn't say he felt he was going to... Uh, he went somewhere he's going to start immediately. He went somewhere where he felt like he was going to play right away. That was the quote. And he regrets doing that because, I, and I don't know what it was down to, Ole Miss and who for Matt Corral. But I, maybe that's the point, is he's, he's thinking of the other option and chose not to do that because he wasn't sure if he's going to start, period, based well, on the other option. Matt Corral's got a very sordid past in high school where oh, he had a lot yeah. of options because... He got into a big fight in high school with Wayne Gretzky's son, I believe it was, and got kicked out of his high school. And a lot of offers, big-time offers, came off the board. Well, so that, that among other I things. I think his options were pretty limited uh, to Ole Miss and some others at the time. And he went there uh, with Matt Luke, who was the head coach at Ole Miss at the time. So I think that's important to put in the story. But the quote that I'm reading is, quote, I took the easy way out because I felt I could play right away. Okay, that's fine. Felt you could play right away. Knowing what I know now and trusting my instincts and trusting my work ethic, I would have went to a place that would have made me compete. That's where I take exception to it because, in fact, he was made to compete because he didn't start right away. In fact, he was not the full-time, full-time starter until, until year three at Ole Miss. So look, if I'm an Ole Miss fan, that rubs me the wrong way. He's a great player. I'm not saying they should stop you know, supporting Matt Corral after what he did for Ole Miss, especially him playing in that bowl game and getting injured where he didn't have to, and a lot of other people would have not played in that game, even being a New Year's Six game in the Sugar Bowl. So I give Matt Corral all the credit in the world for stepping up to the plate and playing for his teammates in that game, even though he was injured in the game. And I'm a big fan of his from that point on. But, I mean, if I'm an Ole Miss grad or Ole Miss fan, yeah, I'm a little angry. And if I'm Lane Kiffin, I would want a text message explaining himself. If I'm him, I don't say he has to do that. I know he did, which I think is the right thing to do. But my issue with it isn't that he, that he said it or he's being honest. It's that it's not correct. You can say I went there because I thought I was going to play right away. But to say I would have gone somewhere that would have made me compete 
well, you went somewhere and clearly had to compete because you weren't handed the job. Well, I would, I, but again, I'm saying he went somewhere where he had to compete versus choosing to not to go somewhere else to compete more. That's how I read into the conversation he was having with the reporter. Um, and now it's strictly about that because next year he's either going to have to beat out Baker Mayfield or another veteran that they're going to bring in at this time of year for sure or uh, this time 12 months from now we'll be discussing that with corral um because he's what the late third round pick so nothing's going to be handed to him now and he didn't get to choose a situation either um i i also like the way kiffin handled it he was asked about it and he said well first he's a rookie um he sent me a text message uh i'm guessing immediately uh to explain himself and we had a conversation about it and i told him uh, this is a 48-hour news cycle at most, and not to worry about. Yeah, it. I don't think it's a big deal. I mean, it's not a big deal. Well, it's it's a, it's a big deal to Ole Miss. Conversation. That, I think that's it's, it, it, based on how Kiffin reacts to it. It's a big deal from the college perspective with Kiffin and Ole Miss. Yeah, absolutely. It it gives. And again, let's keep in mind he committed to Matt Luke and not Kiffin originally. He played more for Kiffin, but the big deal for Ole Miss is you don't want to be perceived as a program that is second-rate and good players go there to not compete for their position. Right. And that's that's what he's – there's no other way to take it when he says it that way as I would have gone somewhere that made me compete. I would have gone somewhere like Ohio State or Georgia or Alabama. I'm reading it that well, way where I would have had to compete for the starting job with other great players uh, as opposed to little old Ole Miss – where I was just here. Here's the keys to the castle. Yeah, I get that. And you play right but away. But I also think Kiffin could easily take this and spin it and go, I just won the most games uh, that we've ever won here with this guy. Sure. I didn't have a lot of problems with Matt Corral as my quarterback, no matter what you know the revisionist history is about. It's, it's going to go away, but I, I have no issue with an Ole Miss fan taking that the wrong way. Yeah, I get that. If I'm a fan of that program and I legitimately want to get in the mix with a great coach now in Lane Kiffin, who already got you to a New Year's Six game, if you're thinking, let's keep this thing rolling and let's go beat Bama one of these years, as Lane Kiffin continues to rib Nick Saban, even with another tweet yesterday, let's make that happen. I don't want guys that are perceived as sort of mythical legendary on that campus with the way he played the game to be saying things like this about his alma mater, where it's just a place where you go and you don't compete for jobs if you're good. So, so I, I get it if I'm an Ole Miss fan. He was originally committed to Florida and then flipped to Ole Miss. And five years ago, Emory Jones was coming in as a freshman. Kyle Trask and Felipe Franks were there. Did he have the Florida offer after the incident would be my question. He, it, the headline from 24-7 Sports is he had flipped his commitment from Florida to Ole Miss. Um, and he was a four-star four-star recruit at the time so I mean if he's looking on the two situations where he ended up where they move they eventually moved a quarterback to a different position and he balled out I mean he was a great college quarterback Matt Corral um, no one's questioning his toughness or his mentality either including those at Ole Miss but it's a it's an interesting comparison and by the way Dan Mullen was coming in at that time so You've got all this um, playing a factor 
for Corral at Florida. I just don't know that it would have been oh, that much easier for When him. has off-the-field incidents played a, played a factor in Florida commitments? I, I don't know. Uh, that, that's a good question. I, I don't think it does. But again, Jordan Tayamu was the quarterback when he got there, started a year. He came in in mop-up duty. He split time with a, with a running quarterback in John, John Reese Plumley in year two and started as a junior. Uh, he was better than Emory Jones. I mean, he would have started like, – so if he goes to Florida – is he making the same comment? Maybe. Maybe he's saying, hey, I would have gone somewhere else that offered me where I truly could have competed. Richardson would say the same thing last year yeah. about Emory Jones. And Dan Mullen wouldn't play him. And just like, again, we're circling back to proving my point over and over again. Just like when he got there and didn't start as a freshman. Anthony Richardson did the same thing. So I just don't buy what he's saying. Because he didn't play right away. If he had started game one... And been a three-year starter and gone pro but early. Again, yeah. I, I think we're parsing the conversation. I am saying he what I, how I took it was he went the route where he could have the option to play faster. And that's what he regrets. Could have, but didn't. And I have an but issue with him saying... That's what he said, is could have. There are a lot of things he doesn't he regret. All, he also says, I, I would have gone somewhere that made me compete. In saying that, you're saying I wasn't made to compete at Ole Miss. In fact, he was. It's a fact. <laughs> I am pointing out facts that he did not become full-time starter until year three. Maybe he wants to com- compete now against Baker. He's going to call him out. The one thing that he can learn from Baker is um, how you shouldn't go after a guy who intercepts your pass and lower the shoulder at him. Because Corral's built in that same type of mind- mindset. And look how it worked out for Baker in Cleveland in that regard. I'm, I'm hopeful that he can learn from the guy who's likely taking over sooner rather than later in that respect to protect his career a bit longer than what Baker's done through the first contract. And now at the end of it, he suffered from the shoulder injury, even though he played through it. It is interesting because if I'm looking at comps in the NFL for Matt Corral, even with his time at Ole Miss, I'm thinking about Baker Mayfield because they seemingly you a little love him bit, for it, you know, but yeah, it, a little bit undersized. I know, I know uh, Corral's a bit bigger. I think he's six, two where Mayfield six, six foot, six, one, but similar build, similar running ability. Corral's and, pretty thin. And the same, same mindset of lowering the – yeah, I'd say Baker Mayfield's thicker, but same mindset of lowering the shoulder and trying to plow someone at the one-yard line same thing. to get in the end zone that hurt Matt Corral in his career at Ole Miss. They both have to not Constantly do it. battling injuries. Both have to not do it. You know, unless you're saving a Super Bowl losing or a playoff spot losing touch. Maybe a, a couple years from now, Baker will have a – an interview with the Charlotte Observer and say, you know what, looking back on it, I shouldn't play it all that hard for Cleveland. Well, what's funny about Baker May- like so Baker Mayfield's story, if you're looking at origin story of Corral and what he's saying about going somewhere to compete, and then Baker, May- Baker Mayfield's story is legendary, right? I mean, he goes to Texas Tech. He's not the starter. He's fourth or fifth on the depth chart, and he decides, okay, I'm going to go walk on at Oklahoma, a better program, and play behind one of my best friends in Trevor Knight, he takes his job, really starting with that performance in Knoxville. Knoxville. Against Tennessee, where he comes back and wins the game, and he becomes the starter there. He's always had to compete. Then wins the Heisman. Other than being drafted number one overall by the Browns, where he was handed the keys immediately, right? He competed so it's too a much. little bit of a yeah, flip-flop. flip-flop. Competed. He competed too much. Yeah, a lot. The only thing he was competing for in pros. Cleveland were national endorsements for the other quarterback that was finished second on the progressive ads. Yep. You know? We're going to find out who finished second for those progressive ads this year when those commercials start rolling. It could take a year In off. week one. 
do something on football. For I you. enjoy the commercials. I hope they come back with it with someone equally as entertaining. Well, I enjoyed the commercials too until he faded. I just don't like commercials with guys that aren't aren't. Well, didn't he didn't fade in twenty twenty? He had a great year. Do you know? Do you hate last every year. last year? He was hurt. I know, Paul. I feel like you should hate every commercial with anyone who was once a big movie star, TV star that does a commercial because they fade it. If you're doing commercials, typically your star has faded if you're in the entertainment industry. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I just don't like commercials that are constant. Well, that's not his fault. No, I know. I don't but blame at least him. They, they, at least they freshened them up. Like if it was yeah, the same it was commercial. better in that well, they that, freshened that them up. True. They had a variety, and I commend them for having a variety. I, I do not understand the, the, the companies that will spend that much to advertise the NFL and they don't freshen up their commercials. Because it annoys people. If you're going to spend that much, spend a little bit more and produce six or seven commercials that's in rotation, that freshens it up throughout the well, season. Well, I would like to see the study on the turnoff annoyance of the repetitiveness versus the effectiveness of the repetitiveness that I remember you when I'm going to shop for insurance. I don't think many people are annoyed by it. Yeah, I think, I think you're very it. much the minority. Yeah. Otherwise, they wouldn't it. run it so much. He, 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 clearly, they, they hit a home run with it. Or they wouldn't keep it on the air for as long as they did. I think the key is finding the campaign. Not that a works. specific one. Like he had a campaign. They should that just keep the worked. one they have. Just keep going. Where he still lives in Cleveland. Yeah, well, that'd be great. He's been locked. I'm not out. leaving. Yeah, <laughs> he continues. He continues to do the yard work out front, but yeah. they've locked still him out. Mowing. They're changing keys. Yeah. New home insurance. Or well, he's got a uh, big like uh, you know clamps to try to break the lock now he doesn't have the key anymore but he's trying they to should break have in. him show up for the first time at the new practice facility that they backed out on that's just a bunch of yeah. uh brick and there's no there's even just steel beams right. that are in the ground Plant somewhere outside of charlotte he and alice cooper go rock on a road Hill. trip and try to break into the new rock I mean, Hill look, facility. Uh, wait this isn't where we're practicing i feel like we're giving so much good information out there and ideas to the we people at progressive it. that we should get you know some sort of payment if they end up going with one of these free campaign ads. At least. Hit us up on uh, Twitter with your thoughts at Outkick360. The Live Golf Tour becomes a league next year. They are adding more events, and with that, more prize money uh, in the upwards of $400 million plus uh, next season for their tour. And uh, coming up, we'll dive further into that. Mark Harris is covering all of this at Outkick with what's happening with Live Golf. The headlines on that next on OutKick 360. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back and their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. 
from researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience. Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Training camp underway across the NFL, which means it's almost fantasy football season. Time for your fantasy football draft. One of your 13, most likely. We've got Michael Fabiano coming on with us in about 35 minutes. Uh, one of the best in discussing the, the upcoming fantasy football odds and expectations. Uh, he'll join us at the top of hour number three. Switching gears from football, talking some golf. Live Golf uh, continues to add to the schedule, add to the bottom line and the purse money, and they're telling people now, hey, um, we're going to lower the offer because of the demand. To get you here and we're keeping it at 48 uh, roster spots so the supply and demand is about to heat up even more if you haven't already joined the live tour uh, with more is mark harris from outkick.com he's been covering this and and has uh full details up right now at the site mark good to have you on the show man hope you're well love the backdrop by the way you've got the masters and the Thanks. open well represented yeah, yeah. Got them both up there. Uh, appreciate you guys having me. What year is the Open 18th flag from? That was, believe it or not, I actually went to the Open at Carnoustie. Like, I think it was the second day of my honeymoon, so that would have been 2018. It was nice. the one that, uh, that uh, Molinari beat Tiger at. We were there the Thursday. Didn't, weren't there Sunday, but the uh, bogey free round. Time for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's yep. awesome. Yep. Um, tell us the, the very latest with uh, the, the Live Tour. Uh, they're moving to the Live Tour now, uh, starting in 2023, and uh, they're going above 400 million in, in total purse for the upcoming season with all the added events. Yeah, so they—that's the one thing. They keep Live Golf. They keep adding these new monikers and names to it. So starting next year, you'll have Live Golf League, which will—that's essentially what we have right now—is the same exact thing with 48 guys, like you alluded to. But they're the total purse. This year, it's eight events for $255 million, which is a large number. Next year, it's going to bump to 14 events for a smooth little $405 million for those same 48 players that they want or the ones that sign up or the ones that qualify. And then on the flip side, they're adding a Live um, International Series that coincides with the Asian Tour, which is, think about the Corn Ferry Tour, tour but over in Asia, obviously, um, where they've signed a $300 million with that. Well, that's kind of looks to be kind of like a feeder tour to the the big uh, live golf league starting next year where they're going to have some guys uh, kind of the top money list guys can bump up they're going to have a relegation and promotion system basically like you see in the premier league and the top soccer leagues around the world and i'm sure that look this is a league with some of the names it's going to get traction around the world and it's starting to do that but to truly get traction in the states they're going to need some sort of broadcast partner media partner at some point the reports about charles barkley possibly going to to call matches with the live tour that would certainly help. Is there any traction, or I guess, Mark, I should say thawing, of some broadcast networks out there in regards to the Live Tour that could eventually lead to some sort of partnership? Or is this going to be just a rogue media operation 
where they're only promoting themselves for the foreseeable future. Right. That's kind of the crazy thing is they have the 405 million coming next year with virtually no sponsors and no TV deal, which is absolutely asinine to think about. But to answer your question, I, don't, I haven't heard anything about what they might do as far as TV. Now, maybe a streaming giant pops in and says, hey, these guys, obviously, they're going to offer a lot of money for this kind of thing. They've got a lot of exposure here. and They're certainly a global game with a lot of global names. So who knows if a Hulu or a YouTube TV or whatever pops up. Right now, it's just being streamed directly from their website, which is them basically just embedding a YouTube video. So you're watching this on YouTube, which is, again, crazy to say that we're talking about an almost you know, $405 million league here where they don't have a TV channel. So is the roster at 45 now? Is the plan to bring more guys in and knock people off the back end of that roster? And uh, how do you envision that going? Yeah, so they announced at the Portland event, um, they kind of teased their announcement today a couple weeks ago at the Portland event, their first stateside event, to where they're going to have, you know, X amount of guys um, for the upcoming year, the 48 guys, but they kind of teased it to, we don't know who those 48 guys are going to be. Every week so far in the, the three events, they typically teased 45 and kind of left three open, which obviously it's in the early stages. So they're adding, you know, this week it's like Charles Talbot third, Hendrick Stenson, which aren't crazy big names for the casual golfer, but certainly guys that have made a, a very large fortune and, you know, well-deserved or well-respected names on the tour. So it's going to be like that, I guess, as far as still moving forward where they can, you know, one guy might say, okay, I'm not going to play uh, this week who played last week. So they're going to slide those into the slide guys into that spot. Um, like you said, I think that there's some guys lining up for these very fat checks that want to get over here to uh, play in the live, but the promotion thing is going to be pretty interesting next year where you have, some of the younger guys, a lot of Asian tour guys that, you know, we have never heard of, but would hurt, hear of if, you know, they get promoted and play well and finish at a certain point on the live international series money list. It's all, it's all a, a new monikers here we got going on. We've been talking FedEx cup forever with the PJ tour. Now we got all these international series. So Phil Mickelson goes and gets crushed. And then I feel like Mark, every other big time golfer who goes the live tour, it's become less and less of a story. And they're not getting yep. crushed as much as, as time goes on. It's funny how those things happen at times. Charles Barkley, the report is from Dan Patrick, and Charles Barkley came back and said, I must have been really drunk when I told him that. But he said that if I take this job with Liv, I'm going to have to quit with Turner because they're not going to employ me if, if I leave. How big would it be for the future of Liv if Charles Barkley was allowed to leave to call events with Liv and stay with Turner because this could yeah. be the first big experiment of an American-based company saying, okay, it's fine, whatever, go take your money and you can stay here with us too because you're too good to let go. Yeah, it would be you know, monumental in that regard. Um, there's only a few guys where you tune in, you know, broadcaster, analysts, where you tune in for them. And obviously Charles Barkley is one of those people. Um, there's not a guy really in the NFL or any other sport where you're tuning in to listen to a guy talk certainly pregame and postgame. And on top of that, Liv has signed or reportedly signed David Faraday, who's the most well-known golf analyst in the world as well, um, who had a long tenure with CBS and NBC and Golf Channel. They've pushed him. Um, a combination between Barkley and Faraday would be absolutely electric, especially for, you know, if you think about the casual American golf fan, um, they had Arlo White for the first couple um, of these events, who was the voice of the Premier League for, I think, close to a decade. Um, that's certainly a name that everybody around the world that watches soccer knows. He's a great announcer, but they're they're clearly looking for bigger and better things. Who knows? They might team up all those guys together. But yeah, if TNT says, hey, 
Chuck, you can, uh, we want you for the NBA season. And we, I know you, you're, you know, you have commitments for other 14 weeks. Um, yeah, it would be, it would be absolutely un- unbelievable. But as you said, uh, he's, uh, he said he's like, he wants $60 million to, uh, accept that. And he, he also gave an ultimatum where, um, he'd like to have that offer on the table before he leaves the pro in Jersey, uh, tomorrow afternoon. Outkicks Mark Harris with us on Outkick 360. Mark, I get the sense, though, it's not about uh, the backlash that a network would receive. Um, it's that Jay Monahan called in some favors to keep a network from airing this to begin with. Keep in mind, YouTube and Facebook are live streaming this already. And it's only a matter of time, if you get Faraday and Barkley involved, that a Turner Sports would jump on this as well and break off from any PGA type of event or a future events that would come their way. Just mentioning that because if Facebook and YouTube are already in, it won't be long before another big streaming platform that wants to go really heavy into it partners with a network that has a simulcast of sorts. Yeah, absolutely. You know, in the age of cord cutting, a lot of people just they take YouTube TV or Hulu, for example. I mean, YouTube TV is obviously an entity of YouTube owned by Google. Who's to say that they don't say, hey, we want a live golf channel. Just think, think about NBC's golf channel. Why not a live golf channel where they have all these accolades and people around them when they're talking live golf and the world of golf around them? Um, I, think, I think the only network you can you know, cross off the list would be ESPN. Um, PJ Tour signed a lengthy deal with them not long ago. Um, they have the exclusive rights for kind of the pre-tournament or early round coverage um, Thursday to Sunday on ESPN+. Plus. So um, PJ Tour is getting getting a lot of money from that with ESPN. I know they've made some changes to their schedule, adding some uh, no-cut money events as well in reaction to all this. But um, yeah, I think that there's if, when the TV partner, the two biggest things here, when the TV partner kicks in, if one kicks in, and if these guys can still rack up official world golf ranking points, which Live Golf has applied for, that's another huge kick in the bucket there. Strong indications after he won the British that Cameron Smith was headed to, to live. Um haven't heard more about that that I've seen and haven't heard many names lately. Who Who's in line? Who's going to gonna come next? And what's the timetable for it happening, you think? Yeah, you know, just kind of complete speculation here. But this year there's the President's Cup, which is the U.S. against the rest of the world outside of Europe. It's the Ryder Cup guys can't play, but Australia and all those guys can play. Um, the rumor is that if they were to go, Cam Smith, like you just said, they would wait until after the President's Cup, which is it'll be held in Charlotte later this fall. Um, and they want to form kind of an all-Australian team where it would be Cam Smith, Adam Scott, and Mark Leishman. Um, if they, who knows if that deal has already been signed, if there's a timetable, who knows if Cam Smith signed, you know, think about if he signed the, the week before he won the Open and his number probably went up astronomically, but he was already on the dotted line there, which Again, just pure speculation there. And then you have, you know, some kind of noise on Twitter that maybe even Hideki Matsuyama could be in on this, um, who is worth God knows how much money in Japan after he won the Masters, um, to think how much they'd have to pay him. Obviously, a global superstar on that that side of the world. Um, yeah, those two, those are two big pieces, especially Hideki Matsuyama, just from a worldwide piece. But again, just there's rumors out there about that. So, Mark, feel free to call me crazy if you think I'm crazy for even posing this question. When the AFL started, they started to compete with the NFL. And eventually the competition led to a merger where the NFL swallowed up the AFL and the AFL basically got what they wanted in the whole situation. I don't think that Liv set out to merge with the PGA Tour at any point. 
But is there any possibility that they spend enough and take enough from the PGA Tour that the PGA Tour would ever consider some sort of joint partnership with Live Tour where everyone can play under the same umbrella and they take on some of these Live events and they get some of their golfers back and they all go into this together? Is there any possibility of that? Again, feel free to call me crazy. No, you're definitely not crazy. I think I think the one guy that you listen, to, you need to listen to with all this is Rory McIlroy. He's become, you know, the spokesperson of the PJ Tour. Um, every time he spe- steps in front of the mic, he, you know, gives his honest take. And when all this started, he, you know, was way against it. He was bashing Phil. I mean, he called him you know, everything under the sun. Um, but as early as two weeks ago, I think it was at the Open, before the Open started, he said, hey, I, w- I hope we can have talks. I, you know, maybe we can work something out, essentially what he said. Just paraphrasing there, but he's, you know, turned this complete 180 to where, yeah, I guess there's a possibility where maybe we're going to have to fit the, both of these things under the sun together. Um, and the, there's there's so many moving pieces in the golf world as far as the PJ Tour and then the four majors. The four majors obviously have their four separate governing bodies. So obviously this year, they the Open, the U.S. Open, the PGA, let these guys play, um, which kind of set a precedent for everything to come. Who knows if that's the same next year? But I think if the PGA Tour does it, they want all they want everything mixed in properly. They they don't want the Masters and say the U.S. Open, which they don't have technically anything to do, but all their guys obviously play in it. So they want all that to be kosher, so to speak, to where they're they're not looked at as a bad guy in this corner from this major and that kind of thing. Um, yeah, kind of the answer to a lot of these questions that, you know, I'm sure all of us have kind of been a- asked and talked is who knows what's going to happen, right? That's that's kind of the fun part and the frustrating part about all this. Um, it's definitely been a fun time to cover the, the game and world of golf. Um, but I think just time will tell. I think obviously there's uh, some court cases to be had in all this as well. So uh, we'll just see how it, I guess, you know, like I said, time will tell and we're going to have to let it all play out. Outkick.com for the latest. Um, Clay's playing in the Pro-Am. Uh, are you following this I- exclusively at Outkick, Mark? Or we have not received an update on on Clay's golf game in quite some time, but uh, rumor has it he's, he's teeing it up with Phil. Yeah, hopefully he uh, you know went to the range. There's not many driving ranges in uh, Manhattan. I know he was there today, so hopefully he uh, got some practice in. I'm not Either sure where, it's help. wherever he was. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, maybe he gets there a half hour early tomorrow before yeah. uh it up with the big dogs. But uh yeah, I'll I'll be covering it. I'm not at the uh, event at Bedminster at Trump Bedminster in Jersey, but um I'll I'll have some coverage for sure. Uh I'm looking forward to seeing it. We've got some guys up there that should have some fun video content and you know, some sound bites. So uh definitely uh, stay stay loaded at outkick.com. I can tell you that uh in advance of the event that confidence was not high. No, on Clay's part talking with them. I would not he be said, confident I, at all. I do not boxes. golf much at all anymore and these a lot of these guys golf all the time and I'm not optimistic about how I'm going to look or fare uh in this pro am. So. I'm assuming that fans are allowed in. Can you imagine Clay on the tee box with fans down the tee box? I yeah, it, is, uh... it is something I have no problem saying no to to like go and look that bad with people yeah. that know exactly what they're doing i'll drive around and i will to guarantee you that clay is going to look terrible trying to play golf with some of these guys keep so the drinks I, cold. I can't wait to see some of the video yeah, footage of the that's for sure <laughs> mark good to have you on the yeah, show yeah. man we, we appreciate the time and uh great work uh covering this today at the site thanks absolutely thank you guys so much yeah it's mark can't harris on field. twitter and um you can 
find his information at outkick.com with the very latest on the live tour there. Won't be the last visit we have with Mark, Mark Harris of Outkick. It's, it's to me, the next frontier for live is finding out quickly what's going on in these tournaments and getting interest in that. There's tons of interest in the, the golfers that are leaving and the tour itself, but generating that interest in the actual events is the next step. And, Getting a broadcast partner of some, and even you know, Mark brought up the streamers, which is great. You know, you've got a lot of options now. If someone that doesn't have a relationship with PGA that's willing to do it, that's only going to help. Well, the I think the the first thing they had to do, um, and talking with two PGA pros about this um, who play on the PGA Tour, that there was that people were skeptical at first about the money being real, like they're going to. This is going under fast because every anything else that they've tried, similar to your NFL example, all these startup leagues fail because they run out of funds. Well, now you have funded all of these players who have followed Phil Mickelson to the Live Tour, and they continue. Bubba Watson's about to do it for fifty million to join, uh, two-time Masters champion um, in his forties. But again, you you have these individual island solo uh, silo brands, so to speak. You can then take that league that you're now expanding to 14 events a year from now to a television provider, cable provider, and say, here's, here's what we have, and we're, we're not just back. We're going bigger with more purse money, and here's the list of, of our roster that you can, you can be a part of. That will be the deciding factor in it. The, the local events... And seeing photos and stuff from like the the event they did out in Portland, um, the event they'll have tomorrow. I mean, there there will be intrigue around the local tournaments for those for those courses. But as far as viewership is concerned, you're not going to. There's not going to be a ton of it if it's just randomly populating on some algorithm on YouTube. For me, like I, I, it's got to yeah. be a DVR type event, especially if it's the middle of the day on a Friday. So Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Point being, I, I think they. They'll have a network approach them about it if they haven't already. And, I, I mean, I'm curious maybe to watch it for the stars, but on a Sunday round, if the stars aren't at the top of the leaderboard, to me it's the same as PGA in terms of that, not my interest. And I'm wondering about the competition. You know, if you start the day in seventh, the prize right. money's pretty damn good for seventh. Are you cut, you know, are you well, are you scrambling to get to, to second? See, I... I so we're not watching the match for the competition. You're watching the match for the access to guys you don't know that much about in that setting. That's what the Live Tour is going to offer on these broadcasts that the PGA Tour won't do. Yeah, but I'm a lot um, more interested in Tom Brady than I am in give me the name beyond the top four. Phil Mickelson. Phil Mickelson, Bubba Watson. Uh, who, was, who was with Tom Brady on the match at one point. I mean, that, yeah. I mean, you're going to have some of the best players and personalities. They clearly there. aren't there yet in terms of interest in the actual events. But I'm also I, I can't believe that's also that I, all media companies are going to band behind the PGA forever. No, they, and not do something with it. It's going to be a one seat, a one year thing. It was described to me as uh, Jay Monahan called in favors with the networks, and they sat still while they had this protest against Live. Well, I don't think work. it'll be that expensive either, right? The Saudis aren't aren't in it for the money. 
clearly uh, not. The first time around, anyway, they, well, they just want to get the exposure. I, mean, I, would, I would think that someone would want some sort of ROI on what they're doing, oh, yeah. and that comes in the form of a television deal and sponsors. But at the beginning, yeah. you you want the exposure. The, the other thing, too. And that may be the, part of their business plan, by the way, is just we're going to do it for a year on Facebook and YouTube and then set ourselves up demand. where year two we actually try to get a television partner where well, we didn't try in year one. I think, and again, I'm just spitballing here. If you don't want to have to abide by certain restrictions over the air, over a broadcast, you, you stick with what you're doing. And you add Faraday and Barkley into an uncensored broadcast type mix with these guys who are willing to bet 300 grand on whether or not he hits the fairway. Like that, that is where I think they're headed with it. And oh, by the way, you can join, use the promo code live at fanduel.com. I think that's that would be fun. That's where they're headed with it. Fun. And and that's why they're starting with Faraday and potentially Barkley, because that's telling us the direction of the broadcast immediately. And those two guys, if you put the I would always compare it to if you put these guys in the match, the pay-per-view, is that something that I'm on a random October Wednesday evening tuning into? And the answer is yes with Barkley and Phil. Phil was awesome on those. And it was clear when he was a part of it and when he wasn't. Um, so I'm intrigued to see what they do with the broadcast. And it may not be a network-type deal. Um, There's a lot of streaming Phil's options. Phil's in, in, in 30th, is it as interesting? It's interesting for a while. How long does it stay interesting if he's in 30th? Here's the other part of this that I want. If, if Charles Barkley does this, great. I don't want him to have to leave Turner. That's a huge blow well, to that, that show. that might be their foot in the door with Turner. Yeah. But uh, however it works, fine. I just don't want him to leave Turner yeah. and his NBA Nobody coverage. Nobody does. Do both. Nobody does. Do both. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Just I don't want this to be an either-or where I'm going to go take this money, but I have to give up inside the NBA and Turner. I hope that's not Although the case. Although Barkley has said publicly recently, like in the last three months or so, that he does not foresee himself doing inside the NBA forever, forever or much longer, or like another contract. At least that's what he was pointing to then. I know he said that he didn't. Doesn't it just feel like Draymond Green's going to retire and take his spot? That it's going to time up about right? That that's the next outspoken guy that's going to fill in that spot needs for Charles Barkley. Yeah, but it's never going to be the same. No, a guy that's gone at it with Charles Barkley a bunch of times. Yeah, that's a great that's a great point. Um, Draymond's how old? Draymond Green. Uh, I remember watching him at Michigan State. I believe he was on the team that beat Tennessee in the Elite Eight to go to the Final Four, and I want to say that was 2010. He was born in 90, 2010 32. or 11? Maybe He's 2010. only 32. I would have gone over. He's got Way some time over. left to play. Uh, we yeah. uh, keep you updated on, well, who knows? But 32. Again, let's say yeah, Charles well. Barkley has three more years. Yeah. And he could time yeah. up. Time out perfectly. Yeah, that's the point. I yeah, don't know, but though. If, if he's got to give it up to do live, and they want him on live next year, there's a gap. They've got the money to buy him out. <laughs> Certainly do. <laughs> Right, and I I love how the headline is Bubba Watson may go to live for only fifty million dollars. Like the 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 offers have dropped from like a hundred and fifty to fifty. I mean, imagine being Bubba Watson in that position. When was the last time he was relevant on a Sunday in a tournament, a big tournament? Yeah, he had a he had a good round this past year, I think, in Augusta, but it was like a Thursday. Yeah, you know. It might have been Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> he had a hell of a par three in Augusta on a Wednesday or Tuesday one year. That, that's been about it. 
recently. Quick headlines, and then we talk fantasy football to get you ready for your fantasy football draft. We've got Michael Fabiano joining us in 15 minutes, and I'll kick 360. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Coming up, SEC teams that we would say are on a trajectory to surprise some people. We've got that plus... The odds on NFL coaching hot seats. The dreaded vote of confidence yesterday by Jerry Jones to Mike McCarthy. I would take those odds. In fact, I have <laughs> on uh, first first coach fired. Did he say we will support him? He is fine. He is not in any trouble. Is that on Facebook? We fully believe in Mike and McCarthy and his abilities. Everything is fine. Nothing to see here. Those kind of things are not usually on FanDuel. You find that on FanDuel? No, I, I forgot where I did that. We had a segment on Channel 5 here in Nashville about the, the first coach. Because Vrabel had the ninth best or ninth worst, worst. odds yeah. of the first coach to be fired. I'm thinking like, man, you are you really struggling <laughs> if you're getting to Vrabel. Vrabel was in the same, he was like plus 700. He's in the same like hemisphere as Frank Reich. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Frank Reich, who has, uh, who endorsed the quarterbacks no longer there and now is expected to win with Matt Ryan. I mean, if he starts slow off the first eight games, uh, the same way they started 0-3 a year ago. I don't think he's getting There's, fired during the season. No, but I'm saying odds-wise. Yeah. Like, if you're comparing the two, like, one guy is clearly safe Just and the other one contract. is coaching for his job. Yeah. Um, I didn't understand that. That was the topic, and it spurred into, oh, we've, we better take these odds on McCarthy because uh, Matt Rule is uh, going away the, the favorite right now among the coaches. But McCarthy in Dallas, I mean, Jerry, um, I've, I've said this before, that I, I don't want to you know, be uh, the bearer of bad news, but he's only getting older, and he wants to win another Super Bowl like before he dies. And so if you're looking from that vantage point, you don't have time to be patient if you're no. Jerry Jones. And Chad will join me. McCarthy looked ridiculous in that uh, hard knocks last year. Yeah. They did not look relatable to a player. No, and I don't know that every head coach, I don't think Bill Belichick's that relatable no. either, but McCarthy's no Bill Belichick. We agree. <laughs> also, so, yeah, I agree. Not overly relatable. Michael Fabiano joins us next with the latest information you can use for your fantasy football draft next.